Welcome to Seeking Alpha's Wall Street Breakfast, your daily source of market news and analysis. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Good morning. Today is Wednesday, March 30th, and I'm your host, Rena Sherbel. Our top stories today. S&P 500 exits correction territory, yield curve inversion worries, and next-gen storage technologies. Leading today's news, U.S. stock markets have mostly shrugged off the latest news out of Ukraine over the past couple of weeks, suggesting investors are putting headlines related to the conflict on the back burner for now. The three major indices have even fully recovered all of the losses they experienced since the beginning of the invasion, with the S&P 500 exiting correction territory on Tuesday. Global investors have also taken some comfort over the prospects of a potential peace deal as the two sides met for negotiations in Istanbul. Russia has pledged to reduce military activity in some places in Ukraine, though President Vladimir Zelensky responded that Ukrainians are not naive people. Remember that Russia announced it would return its troops back to base following military exercises in neighboring Belarus just before launching an all-out invasion of the country on February 24th. In terms of a political settlement, Ukraine said it would agree not to join a military alliance or host foreign troops, but would rather demand security guarantees similar to NATO's collective defense clause known as Article 5. In turn, Moscow would not oppose Ukraine joining the EU. Stephanie Lang, chief investment officer at Hamrick Berg, said this has been a nice ride. The market's now up almost 10% in the last 10 days, so we've had a pretty incredible rally in a very short time. I would not get too comfortable for the rest of this year because I think we're going to continue to see a lot of volatility. S&P 500 futures are trending down this morning ahead of the final release of U.S. Q4 GDP data and the ADP National Employment Report. The yield on the two-year Treasury briefly exceeded the 10-year on Tuesday for the first time since 2019, in a warning sign that coming Fed rate hikes may trigger a recession. The inversion happened at a level of about 2.39%, but only lasted several minutes before things returned to a five-basis-point spread. A short-lived inversion also occurred in the summer of 2019 amid the trade war with China. And while that was followed by the COVID downturn of 2020, the last persistent inversion of the Treasury curve occurred in 2006 and 2007. Yield curves typically slope upward, so when short-term yields return more than longer-dated ones, it suggests there is reason to worry about the long-term economic outlook. It can also signal that the high levels of short-term yields are unlikely to be sustained as growth slows, which can have an impact on a range of asset prices. Ben Emans, global macro strategist with Medley Global Advisors, said historically a recession has not happened without an inversion. So likely, it will be a predictor of a future recession. Timing, however, is unknown. It could take up to two years. A series of inversions besides the closely watched 2s and 10s proxy have recently occurred as traders price in more and more rate hikes. 20-year yields topped 30-year yields last October, while the gap between 5-year and 30-year yields turned upside down on Monday. As the Fed embarks on a cycle of quantitative tightening, there are fears that it will reduce consumer spending and business activity as the central bank battles the highest inflation rates in a generation. Aaron Brown, a fund manager at PIMCO, said there is reason to believe that this time around, yield curve inversion may not be as good of an indicator as it has been in the past, particularly given the enormous amount of quantitative easing undertaken by global central banks. Fed Chair Jerome Powell also said last week that he's paying more attention to the first 18 months of the yield curve rather than anything that goes on afterwards. The inversion could also be more of a blip than a lasting trend. And in fact, the curve steepened overnight with the two-year and 10-year yields at 2.30% and 2.37%
respectively. Germany has declared an early warning on natural gas supplies, calling on consumers and companies to limit consumption given risks of a full supply disruption from Russia. The emergency measure is the first of three stages, but does not yet mean state intervention is needed to ration gas supplies. Dutch TTF natural gas futures, a European benchmark, still soared on the news, climbing as much as 14%. Samsung Electronics and Western Digital have signed a MOU for a collaboration to standardize and drive broad adoption of next-generation data placement, processing, and fabric storage technologies to create greater value for customers, both the companies will initially focus on aligning their efforts and creating a vigorous ecosystem for zone storage solutions. The partnership is expected to spur a range of collaborations around technology standardization and software development for D2PF technologies like zone storage. BioNTech proposed a €2 share special dividend at a forthcoming 2022 annual general meeting. The company plans to repurchase shares of up to $1.5 billion dollars over the next two years. Wells Fargo stayed positive on RH despite a top line from the apparel giant with its Q4 earnings report. While RH was impacted by near-term macro pressures emanating from the Russia-Ukraine war, Wells Fargo is positive on the long-term setup. Wells Fargo thinks valuation is attractive on a long-term view at 14.5 times earnings and $2.2 billion of cash is noted to present optionality for buybacks, converts, etc., for a highly incentivized, historically opportunistic CEO. Shares of RH fell 2.46% in pre-market trading to $376.30. Crane is up 1.7% pre-market after Isabord approved a plan to separate into two independent publicly traded companies. Crane Company will retain the aerospace and electronics business as well as its process flow technologies unit, while the payment and merchandising technologies business will be spun off to form a new company called Crane NXT. Crane Company's two units are expected to generate about $2 billion in sales this year. Max Mitchell will continue to lead Crane Company as president and CEO. The payment and merchandising technologies unit that will become Crane NXT is expected to achieve $1.4 billion in sales this year. The company is evaluating candidates to select a CEO. If you're wondering what's happening with the energy sector along with so many other investors, Check out Seeking Alpha Marketplace Service Energy Investing Authority by Michael Boyd, whose background in derivatives and financial auditing has helped bring exacting analysis to the energy sector. His personal portfolio has outpaced the S&P 500 by more than 65% since 2016 and is ahead year-to-date nearly 20%. Check out what he thinks about energy stocks on his Energy Investing Authority Marketplace Service. As of 6.20 a.m. today, global markets are mixed. U.S. futures, S&P 500 is down 0.4%, as is NASDAQ. The Dow is down 0.3%. Crude is up 2.2%. Gold is up 0.5%. Bitcoin is down 0.8%. The 10-year Treasury yield is unchanged at 2.4%. Look for GDP Q4 report at 8.30 a.m. Eastern and the EIA Petroleum Inventories report at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. That concludes today's Wall Street Breakfast. Thank you for listening. For the best investment analysis and news on the web, go to SeekingAlpha.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can sign up for our other podcasts, the Cannabis Investing Podcast and Marketplace Roundtable Podcast on those platforms as well. Have a wonderful day.